listening to Saints Unscripted, formerly known as Three Horses. Each episode is available to view on YouTube, so be sure to check us out. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Okay, if you've ever met a Mormon missionary, you know that they will not shut up about their mission. And now we're literally going to talk about it for like 10 minutes. It's going to be great. <laughs> and you're forced to listen. <laughs> Just as much as missionaries love talking about their missions and will never stop talking about them, they also will never stop wearing their ties that they found on their mission. And to help us out, statesman ties gave us some personalized mission ties. And we haven't opened them. We haven't seen them. We don't even know what they like, what they feel like. It says it's 100% woven silk. I guess we'll see if that's true. So, are you ready? Let's do it. So so they give you a, a tie that's like based on your mission country, right? Mm-hmm. Like both that's, of ours have a little Mexican symbol on it. And then on the back, good. you can write, you can have something inscribed. Mm-hmm. Solid tin, good. Just that's expensive Good right for there. delivery, you know. Look at that. Mexico. There's the little eagle. Aguila. This is great. Oh, okay. So they also, um, they let you put a personalized phrase on the back of your tie. Um, so I put on the back of mine, El futuro es tan brillante como su fe. That was one of my favorite quotes from Thomas S. Monson that I shared every day. Um, that's special. What does yours say? Uh, I put, oh, remember, remember on the back of my tie. And we're not talking about V for Vendetta, we're talking about... 5th of December? We're talking about scripture in Helaman, which existed long before V for Vendetta existed. But just a good reminder to remember all things I went through, both good and bad, uh, on my mission. I went from having five at the beginning of my mission to a little over 50. Wow. Yeah, 60 ties. That was was nothing in my mission. Like, that was low. Most others had more than that, but... No, well... We spent most of our time preaching the gospel, so. It was on P Day, David. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. There is a P Day, and we're going to talk about that. And it's not about uh, anything else in the bathroom. It's It's preparation preparation day. There we go. Um, But yeah, so missionary work. Uh, So we've got the suit and tie, and people knocking on doors. But um, first of all, missionary work in in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints is voluntary. Right. And you, uh, for for men, it's much more uh, expected than it is for women. Uh, men can go on their mission. It's usually expected they go for two years, uh, 24 months. Women usually go for 18 months. And uh, men can go starting at 18 18. years old. It was 19 when I went. Oh, I'm old. (laughs) And girls can go at 19 now. And we're going to talk about the process of of kind of what it's like because we've both been in their shoes. It's literally wearing missionary shoes. I'm just kidding. Um, uh, So... Missionaries, when you want to serve a mission, you have to do a series of steps to prepare. Um, first of all, there's... Walking over hot coals. You have to do that. Mm-hmm. You have to shoot an arrow through a hoop 500 yards down. Yeah. And if you don't do that, then you can't go on a mission. Luckily, we practice bow hunting since... We, no, just kidding. This is, this is, this is a lie. Um, all you need to serve a mission is the desire. Um, you just have to say, I want to serve. And then you go to a church leader and talk about the steps. Um, there's paperwork involved. 
um, about eligibility. You're going to represent the church uh, and to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. As such, you have to be living standards of worthiness. Right. You have to be keeping the law of chastity and the word of wisdom right. and obviously the Ten Commandments. Right. Um, you got to be trying your best. And uh, you fill out paperwork. You get immunizations usually if you end up going to a foreign country. You got to um, do your visa, you know. Okay, that, visas. That actually affects a lot of missions is... Um, some, some countries only allow so many people to go because of visas. And, mm -hmm. um, but your paperwork gets sent in, and the church leaders then decide where you get to go based on revelation. Right. I think they, as far as I know, they literally put your information up on a screen, and they look at it all, and they assign you to a mission. And uh, depending on where you are, that process between turning in your paperwork and getting a call can take from, you know, three weeks to a couple of months. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a those weeks before you get your call are tense <laughs> because missionaries do not know where they're going to go on right. their mission beforehand. And so I, I remember I put in my paperwork, and they kind of ask you when you want to leave on your mission. And so I, I said I'd like to leave um, by August of, was it, 2015. And, and so I got my call. Um, right before August. What's the month right before August? Uh, January. July. Perfect. Yeah, that one. So I got my call in July, and, and I remember like just the anticipation after I turned in my paper and waiting to get it, because it could come any day, and usually within a couple weeks. And I remember my mom, like I went out, and, and I was like, Mom, I'm going to go check for my call, and she's like, it's not going to be there. It's going to be a little bit longer. And so then I opened up the mailbox, and there it is. It's this big white envelope. And I'm like, oh, it did come. But I was like, oh, but she didn't believe me. So I'm going to pretend like it didn't come. So I walk into the house, and I just kind of put the mail on the counter like normal and, and just left. I didn't say anything, even though I was freaking out inside because I wanted to know where I was going to go, what language I was going to speak or, or anything. And then later in the day, like five hours later, my mom's like, hey, so did your call come? I was like, oh, yeah. And she's like, okay. And then she's like, wait, it came? And so my whole family got together, and this is like – a lot of the time when you open your call, it's a really exciting event. You know, you get your friends and family there um, or you Skype people, you know, that you want to see it. And, and you open it up and there's a letter that says, Dear so-and-so, you've been called to serve for, you know, two years or 18 months. And then it says where. And that moment, like, really sparked. I don't know. That, that's when it becomes real, when you see the name of the place you're going to serve because that's... Um, it determines yeah. your fate for two years of your life or 18 months of your life. It's a big deal. And it's super exciting. And and, and from then on, it's just um, then they give you the date that you're going to enter. And like you are saying, I had to wait. I got my call in August, and I didn't leave until December. Mm -hmm. I waited a few months as well. Yeah. And you ended up going to which mission? Tijuana, Mexico. And I opened up my call, and it said, uh, you've been called to serve as missionary of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Your, your area of service will be... Chihuahua, <laughs> Mexico. I couldn't pronounce it, and that kind of made my family. I said that before I read it, and they were like freaking out because they thought it was going to be some like really crazy yeah. mission, um, which it was. But it was it's Chihuahua, right. Mexico. There is a place gotcha. called Chihuahua. I mean, the dog is spelled the same. The dog yeah. Chihuahua is spelled the same way as the place. Exactly. But, but that's okay. You know, you didn't yeah. know Spanish, so right. We didn't even know where it was. We had to go on the internet. And look up a map, a world map, and find Chihuahua on there. That's awesome. And the first thing that came up 
when, when you type it in, is just all the horrible murders and Same, terrible yeah. things that happened. Because we were both near the border in right. Mexico. When I said when I said Tijuana, like all, because I'm from Oregon, which Me is too. which. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. You're from yeah. So it's like we're closer to the border of California and Mexico. And I just grew up hearing the horror stories of Tijuana, Mexico, and bombings and shootings. And my mom screamed <laughs> when I said Tijuana, Mexico. I just this audible just shout, and I'm like, this yeah. is gonna be fun. Yeah. Our mothers had a very stressful two years. <laughs> so we get our calls, and what you do first before you go into the field uh, is you go to a training center. Uh, and usually you go to the MTC Missionary Training Center in Provo, Utah, but there are other smaller ones scattered throughout the world. And that's where they train you to be a missionary. You, you train as much as you can in whatever language you're going to be speaking, mm-hmm. Uh, you practice teaching the principles of the gospel. Using Preach My Gospel. Using Preach My Gospel, which is the missionary manual that has mm-hmm. everything you're going to be taught is in Preach My Gospel. Um, and, and, and it's a fantastic resource. And really, the, like, the MTC is just kind of a, just, it's just preparation because nothing can really prepare you for what it's like actually being in the field. That's what they call it, you know, out in the mission field. But, but really, it's just kind of getting the idea, you know, like what you're going to teach, how you're going to teach it, and... And it's, it's just this transition period, you yeah. know. And, and you realize in the MTC that uh, missionaries are totally human. Like growing up, I always thought missionaries were the epitome of oh, right. the righteous people on earth. Well, because you just see them in their, their shirt and tie, right. and, and they're knocking doors all day. Right. In my mind, they must be like superhuman perfect. Right. And then you go to the MTC, but, and you realize they're just, they're literally 18-year-olds uh, <laughs> uh, that are just like you, like I, I think one of my favorite stories was, like, I was in the MTC for seven weeks. I was there during Christmas. And, and you're just kind of bored, you know, because you're taking classes all day. And so some days are more exciting than others. Mm-hmm. And then when you're in the MTC, you don't leave. You don't go out to have fun or whatever. You're living the missionary life, but within this little confined space. And so one day I was just eating lunch, and I had a spoon. And I put a spoon on my nose, and one of the other elders was like, okay, like, that's funny. Uh-huh. And then I, I'm like, oh, and I put one on my cheeks, on each cheek. And they're like, wow, that was impressive. Then I put one on my chin. I'm glad you motioned to your yeah, face. And then, and then I put, put them over my eyes. I had, I think, seven spoons on my face, balanced completely. And I, like, just stood up, and the, the cafeteria just cheered. People were clapping. And I felt so good. And there was just silence. And I'm like, whoa. And I take a spoon off of, like, my eye, and I just see, like, the security guard just, like. But um, it's just a fun. The MTC is a great once-in-a-lifetime experience. Right. And it's a place, I mean, you don't automatically turn into an amazing missionary just because you have a call. It's a process. You have to learn, and you mature tremendously on your mission. uh, And and hopefully you become that that missionary that uh, you've always wanted to be by the end. Right. But you stay in the MTC. I was there for three weeks. You were there for seven weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you have to stay there longer if you need a visa. A lot of people spend 12 weeks at the MTC and go crazy out of their mind. <laughs> uh, but then you go to the field, and you realize that you're not prepared at all <laughs> for anything. And it's like, and you're excited, but everything in the MTC was like... It's a, it's a it's, controlled environment. Right. And then suddenly you're in the real world. Suddenly it's actual, like, a Mexican who speaks Spanish. Right. You know? and, and the thing is, is, each mission is extremely different. I mean, there, there are similarities, but, but uh, missions are different from each other. Like, my mission um, was extremely strict. There's a rule book for missionaries, the Missionary Handbook, uh, colloquially called, that was a long word, colloquially, <laughs> colloquially called colloquially. the White Bible, which is, which is a... 
a blasphemous name. But but it's funny. It's, it's, it's just a little. It's a little white handbook. Yeah, it's a little white so handbook. Just... It has all your mission rules and your schedule, um, but it's subject to change by your mission president who leads the mission. My mission was very very strict. Same. Uh, yours was yeah. too. And, and some missions aren't. Uh, so so really, we're going to share our experiences as missionaries. But your mission, besides some of the basic similar rules, could be very different based on who your mission president president is and what part of the world you're in. And, and can I just uh, go back to when you're like getting ready for a mission and going on a mission? Is that like I like I paid for my own mission. Like this service isn't the church isn't paying us to be there. So like when you're out in the field, every day is money you've saved up and so that you can pay to be there to serve. And and if you can't afford it, there's also like there's people that will help and, and there's like ways that the church can help you like save the money or be able to pay for it. But like when you're out there, you're not just there like to mess around. You're paying your own money. You've worked hard to be there. And so every day is with that in mind that I'm here to serve. And so so even though it is hard, um, if you have that in mind that like like I worked hard to be here. You really like you can focus on that. Mm-hmm. So what do you do on a mission? Your whole purpose is to oh my gosh, we can say the missionary purpose from preach my gospel. Do you remember it? Okay, we're gonna try it. Oh, I can oh, get wait. the How does basics. it start? It's invite others to come unto Christ. Todas las personas, todas las personas. Por medio del evangelio restaurado de Jesucristo. Oh, is to invite others to come unto Christ through the gospel of Jesus Christ, faith in Jesus Christ, baptism, mm-hmm. repentance, receiving the Holy Ghost, and enduring to the end. That is what you're doing for two years, and you do it any way you possibly can, every day for right. 14 hours a day? What is yeah, well, I mean, because, yeah, you have a schedule. You, you know, do. You have a strict schedule where you, you wake up at 6.30 uh-huh. every morning. Unless your mission president changes it. We had to get up at 6, 5.30 sometimes. Really? So that was Whoa, fun. Whoa, that's impossible. For, no, that sounds terrible. So you get up at, at Get at 6 or whatever morning. time, but, yeah. You do some exercise, isn't that? 30 minutes thing? of exercise. 30 minutes or so of exercise. Uh, um, you get ready for the day, you have breakfast, you, there's a lot of study that goes on in the morning. Mm-hmm. At least two hours. At least two hours. There's uh, usually an hour of personal study and an hour of companionship study. Missionaries are always two, they go two by two. You've mm-hmm. seen them on the streets. Um, they're assigned a companion for a certain amount of time. And you take an hour every morning to study together and to uh, talk about the people that you're going to be teaching that day. And you talk about things that they need or things that they're struggling with, lessons that can help them, uh, and then you prepare for those lessons. Right. Then, you, then you're ready. You've studied, and you're ready for the day, and you go out, and you have a, a missionary um, agenda. That's what they're called. Yep. Yeah. I should have brought an agenda. But so you've got an agenda, and this agenda is made so that you can schedule every hour of the day, even to the half hour. Know who you're going to visit, what your goals are for the day, and. And then you just kind of go through, you know, maybe you have an appointment, so you go to your appointment. Or maybe you don't have an appointment, and you're just going to knock on doors for an hour, hoping to find someone who's interested, you know? We call that, like, contacting or tracting. Tracting is a word. I, I think that's a really weird word, but... Some missions don't knock doors at all. That's true. Uh, my, my mission didn't. The first year, we were only allowed to teach people that a member had referred to us as mm-hmm. a friend. Just because it's not a super effective way right. to teach, you get a lot of doors slammed in your face. So if anyone of any religion comes to your door trying to share a message, be respectful of them because it sucks. Yeah, you don't have to you say know. yes, but offer them that was a, offer them a glass of water. 
Yeah. That was the best. My mission, I was in a city called Mexicali. It was 125 degrees, and I'm walking in the street, and I'm just dying. So we would just knock on a door, and they would offer us a glass of water. They'd be nice. They're like, yeah, we're not interested, but here's some water. Have a good day. Mm-hmm. That was the best. <laughs> Once a week, there's a preparation day. That's the P day that we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And that's the day uh, that you go out and you get groceries for the week, and you do your laundry and all the things that don't have to do with teaching the gospel to prepare you for the rest of the week when you will be teaching the gospel. Once a week, you'll also have a meeting uh, with missionaries in your area. It's called your district. Um, And you'll do that also once a week. My district meeting was on P-Day. So our P-Day ended uh, at at like 3 p.m. Are you serious? It was a rough time, man. Well, how would you... Yeah, because like right? the, the half of the P day, half of P day is just being able to like relax, like actually not didn't because, happen. Wait, was that mandated by your mission party? Yep. Stop. Yeah, um, it was rough. Um, so, so when you go on a mission, um, sometimes people get kind of uncomfortable because these missionaries are like very persistent, and and sometimes almost robotic, and I think. There can be a lot of reasons for that. One of them is, like, you have such a strong desire for someone to accept the gospel that it kind of comes off, like, standoffish and a little pushy. And that, you know, we're overzealous. You know, what can we say? We love the gospel and we want you to know what it's about. But at the same time, you also, I think as a missionary, if you're going on a mission, you need to be careful because you have goals. Um, There's a structure, and, and every day you say, like, I want to teach this many people, and I want to contact this many people, and even baptize so many people because... You want them to be happy. You want them to have the gospel. But those goals are just, they're just goals. They're not like rules. They're not commandments. Like if you don't baptize this many people, you're a bad missionary. And so some elders kind of get that confused. I know there's a time where I just felt so much pressure in my mind that like, oh, I needed to baptize this many people, and which is just wrong. And so I'd show up and I wouldn't even care. Like I wouldn't even ask them how their day was. I'm just like, okay, sit down. Okay, I'm going to teach you so that you can get baptized. And it just comes off all wrong. Yeah. And the people who were teaching just felt, just didn't feel the spirit. And so as a missionary, you need to remember that you're there to help people come unto Christ. And um, it's not about, there's this culture in the church of what success is on a mission. And which is like, you know, come home and say, oh, I baptized this many people and I was this successful. But that's not what it's about. Success is just giving it your all every day. Yep. And some, my, my wife served a mission in France. Right. Um, oh, yeah. There's... And nobody. <laughs> it's difficult to do missionary work in some parts of the world. I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, but she uh, baptized one person on her mission, and that person ended up leaving the church later on. The amount of people you baptize is not reflective at all of your quality, uh, the quality of missionary that you are. And it is really easy to get caught up in the numbers, but if you're going on a mission, be obedient and do your best, but don't obsess over obedience right. or uh, the numbers. You're just there to help people. You're not going to get kicked out if out of your mission if, if somebody doesn't get baptized. You're there to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ and to be an example of what it looks like to live that gospel. Amen. Missionary work is hard. It is extremely difficult, but there is nothing that has been more rewarding in my life uh, except maybe my, my marriage. <laughs> Uh, a mission will change your life 100%. It is hard. You will mature tremendously over it. And if I could go back in time and live any moment in my life, it would be the day I got home from my mission because you just, you feel the mantle of a missionary 
slowly leave you. And it's just so good to see your family again. Um, and it's a beautiful, beautiful time. Um, and for me, I'm so glad that my mission happened and I think about it every day and I cherish it. But I'm also so glad that it's over, right. if I'm being honest, because it is work. But it's rewarding. It'll, it'll change you forever. And, and the people you meet will be a part of, a part of you for forever. And you will want nothing more for them to be happy and to see them, to just get everyone back together in the celestial kingdom. That's the goal. Um, but that means when you come home, you need to keep living the gospel. You need to live what you taught. And and I think the, the, the end goal of being a missionary is just knowing that you're that much closer to the Savior, you know, that much more like him. Yeah. Your conversion is the most important conversion that will happen on your mission. Exactly. I bought this suit on my last... Uh, the, the day before I came home from my mission. That's really the only time I had to go buy a suit because it was it's just so crazy person. all the time. Uh, but I always keep my missionary name tag in my pocket Beautiful. to always remind me or to, to, to help me remember. Oh, remember, remember? To remember that time on my mission. And uh, I don't know if you can see it on the camera, but these letters used to be very white. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's one of the things I'm most proud of is these yellow letters because it's evidence of, it, it reminds you that you are out there in the sun, in the sand, in the dirt, the walking the on those gravel roads till the, the sun goes down. The dogs down. biting at your ankles and the you doors can't, oh. slamming in your face. We could go on forever, but we won't. Um, but we hope that this sheds a little bit light on what a missionary does and... and Hopefully you can not wait for a mission to share the gospel, but prepare for one. There's no way we can sum up our missions in, in 10 minutes, in 15 minutes, however long this video is. But the, gra <laughs> the gratitude we feel for our missions is overwhelming. Uh, and I wish there was a way that we could express that to you. But, but your mission is going to become something so beautiful to you if you choose to go on one. And uh, I, I, I envy you for the experiences that you'll have and uh, for the, the spirit that you will feel while you're there. It's such a beautiful thing, um, and hopefully we can answer some, some questions you've had about it yeah. in this video. So um, we'd love for you to subscribe, um, comment if you have any more questions about missions, or if you want to hear any fun stories, we would talk your ear off. So many stories. And Like the Facebook page. Yeah, that's what you do. Follow us on Twitter. Twitter and Instagram. And Instagram. And check out Statesman Ties while you're at it. We got some cool stuff. Do you remember the Mexican uh, anthem? Uh, Do you, I don't remember uh, how it goes at all. I just remember uh, there's... Uh, me gusta tacos. <laughs> Dos por uno. Um, <laughs> el lunes. <laughs> pan. Oh, el panadero con el pan. Panadero con el pan. Caliente. No, it goes on. He gets, it gets, it's super fast. Thanks for listening. If you want to watch our videos, check us out on YouTube or shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.